Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Make Dr. Mike O'Neill your dentist. Do it today. All you have to do is call 317-849-2933 again and again and again. People I have referred go to that office and I get notes back saying, man, why did I wait so long? I say, great question. Why? I talk about it all the time. Give them a call, like I said, 317-849-2933. Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell. Let's talk about sports. The schedule for the NFL is going to be revealed tonight. At about 745, we're going to find out when the Colts play who. We already know who the Colts are going to play, so let's talk about that a little. And let's use the rankings available at The Athletic to discuss the comparative quality of the teams that the Colts are going to play. The Colts are ranked 15th by the Athletic. Their opponents are ranked, on average, 17.7. All right, you take all the rankings, you add them up, and you divide by 17. And you wind up with 17.7. So the Colts' strength of schedule is a little bit south of what they're likely to be or what they're foreseen to be, right? So you've got the Colts, like I said, playing in the AFC South. And this really helps because the Houston Texans are projected to be the worst team in the NFL, ranked 32nd. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 28th. The Tennessee Titans, 20th. So there's not really a home run hitter that the Colts are going to have to play home and home. That's six games against what are foreseen to be right now inferior teams. Then you talk about who they got to play outside the AFC South, and it does get a little bit screwy. You've got Tampa Bay. They're ranked number one. You've got the Buffalo Bills, ranked number two, and that game's at Buffalo. You've got the Baltimore Ravens, ranked fifth. You've got the LA Rams. They're ranked sixth. San Francisco 49ers, ranked seventh. I think that that's out of whack. I don't see the 49ers as being the seventh best team in the National Football League. Not at all. Not with that coach. Uh, The eighth best team is foreseen to be the Seattle Seahawks. Colts play them too. On the other side of the coin, you've got New England at home. 
here at Lucas Oil Stadium 21. You've got the uh, New York Jets, who are projected to be the 30th best team or the third worst team in the NFL. You got Vegas, 26th. So you've in Arizona on the road, if that winds up being a Christmas Day game, they are foreseen or projected to be 22nd. So the Colts really, if you look at where they are at 15, okay, you win all six of your AFC South teams or games. And I know this is ridiculous. I know that this is not the way that the NFL plays, that the 32nd best team on any given Sunday can beat who's seen to be the top-ranked team in the NFL. That's the way it works. So projecting a record is kind of folly, but we do it anyway. They play all six games against inferior teams within their division. Then you've got New England, the Jets, and Vegas. Here. you got to win all three of those games, right? That's nine wins already. Then you've got... Arizona, and then you kind of run out of gas, all right? So you've got 10 and 7 if all the seeds hold. If you don't beat Buffalo, San Francisco, the Rams, the Seahawks, uh, Tampa Bay, and on and on, those really good teams that the Colts have to play. Let's break it down into quads. How about we do that? In quad one, that's one through eight, ranked one through eight. The Colts have got six games. They play six of the top eight teams in the NFL. Quad four, the worst teams, ranked 25th through 32nd. They play six of those. Teams in quad two, from 9th to 16th, they play one of those, and then they play four, ranked between 17th and 24th. So there you go. That's the quality of the schedule. The quality of the Colts' schedule, while more difficult than last year, because last year, you know what, I'm not going to call it easy because nothing's easy in the NFL, but you look at who the Colts had to play, and it wasn't exactly a murderer's row of great opponents. It just wasn't. This year, you got to play six of the best eight, and that, I think, is going to help when they get to the postseason, assuming that they get to the postseason. What do we think is going to happen at left tackle? Eric Fisher, I think he plays in Week 7. Week 7, if it's a bye week, and I think it is, maybe they'll hold him out until the 8th. They'll get him going when he's ready, but the expectation on West 56th Street is six weeks. You're going to have to see how Sam Tevy does. And if not Sam Tevy, if he doesn't show himself to be capable of being out on that island all by himself, you're going to have to slide Quentin Nelson out because there's no fix for that problem. Last year, they shoved Quentin out for a few snaps because we know what we had at that point. You got Chaz Green and you got Laraven Clark. Well, this year it's Julian Davenport and it's it's Sam Tevy. So it, not the same difference. That they've lifted from the bottom a little bit, which is something that Chris Ballard's really good at. Let's talk about wide receiver. And yesterday I talked about why trading for Julio Jones is a really, really bad idea. And I got a comment, which was pretty well informed, actually, that said, hey, wait a minute, I get it. He's over 30. He's actually 32. But he's not a running back. Running back, so that's the position where you've really got to be wary about that drop-off after the age of 30. In 35, the year for wide receivers, you know what? Sometimes it is. You look at guys like Steve Smith and Tim Brown, they played a really good season. Their last thousand yard season 
came at age 35. Jerry Rice is a complete freak, totally unicorn. He had 1,000 yards receiving at the age of 40. Then going to happen with Julio Jones. That's a once-a-century thing. At 34, you had the final 1,000-yard season for Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, who we're very familiar with. Larry Fitzgerald, assuming that he doesn't have another 1,000-yard season. And Anquan Bolden. Those guys had their last really good year, really productive year at 34. At 33, you got Heinz Ward. At 32... Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, Michael Irvin. 31, Brandon Marshall, Torrey Holt, Chad Johnson. At 30, Keyshawn Johnson and Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, I think, could have been one of those guys who was really productive, at least through age 34. Julio Jones right now is 32. The Colts would be on the hook for $15 million next year in salary if they acquired him by providing the Falcons some kind of measure of return. So you're paying $15 million for a guy who's doing this, a depreciating asset, right? Chris Ballard, don't play that. Chris Ballard invests in players with some some run up, not as they're running down. Now, Julio Jones last year, as far as yardage per game, was really good. But he only played nine games because he had a hamstring that he could not come back from. Tried again and again, and they finally just shut him down. There is no way that Chris Ballard says this is a good idea. I've got an idea, boys. Yep, we're going for Julio Jones. We're going to give up some draft equity in order to get him. You might get one good year out of Julio Jones. Maybe you lock into a second, also under contract, at $11 million. However, if that hamstring just won't heal right, you got a bucket of bolts that you're paying Rolls-Royce money for. And you're not going to do that. Chris Ballard is not going to do that. And he is smart not to do that. So that's where they are at wide receiver. Really interesting to me because it does seem like if you take really good care of yourself, you can wind up playing really good football until age 34. And and if not, you know, 32. And if you're a freak, maybe you get to 35 while still playing football at a really high level. I wanted to talk today... There's a team that just fascinates me statistically. It's the 1972 Chicago Bears. Anybody who's uh, on this channel regularly knows I have very little respect for Chicago media or Bears fans. They're just out of their minds. I come from that. I've worked in Chicago radio. I grew up a Bears fan, and I remember the 1972 team. Statistically, it's a complete anomaly. Bobby Douglas, this was the only year he was a full-time starter. He started all 14 games for this Bears team. It was the final year for Dick Butkus playing at a really, really high level. Here are some of the statistics for Bobby Douglas and that 1972 Chicago Bears team. Did you know, started all 14 games, he completed 37.9% of his passes. That's all. He had a passer rating of 498 He attempted less than 200 passes throughout that season, 14-game season. He attempted less than 200 passes. The entire team attempted 205 passes. Um, Only 78 of those passes were completed. This is an entire season where they completed 78 passes. You don't have to be a math wizard to look at what they did and say, my God, 
78 divided by 14, that's five completions and change every game. An average of that every game. The leading receiver for the 72 Bears caught 20 balls, 20 passes, less than two a game. George Farmer led the team in yards receiving 380 on only 14 catches. He averaged 27.1 yards a catch. How do you not throw it more often to him if you're Abe Gibbon, the head coach? Bobby Douglas, though, I'll tell you what he did. He ran for 968 yards out of the quarterback position, which stood as an NFL record for a long-ass time. Dick Butkus, with his knees destroyed due to football-related violence and the malevolence of those who tried to block him, was a first-team All-Pro with two picks, four recovered fumbles, and he converted an extra point. He caught a pass from Bobby Douglas for an extra point. How about that? There was no two-point conversion back then. This was just one. They decided to throw it instead of have Mac Percival attempt the kick, which I think at that point was 10 yards. What? Why? Um, they had four games in which they attempted 10 or fewer passes. They did not complete more than 11 passes in any game and had one game with a single completion. It also had a single interception. So it's one of the, maybe the only game in NFL history where you've got the equal number of completions and interceptions. Thanks, Bobby Douglas. Uh, By the way, that's a game that the Bears won uh, 21-12 in Philadelphia, and it's the game where Dick Butkus caught the extra point pass from Bobby Douglas. So there you go. The 1972 Bears, this is after the merger, right? Now, it's before the offenses completely went away from the running game, and now you've got guys regularly throwing 40, 50 times a game. This wasn't that level of NFL, but it's the modern NFL. Bobby Douglas is still alive. Ran the football exceptionally well. The thing that I remember about Bobby Douglas is going to Lake Forest College and watching the Bears train. And Bobby Douglas, left-handed, would throw the ball. If it was a five-yard pass, if it was a 50-yard pass, the ball was traveling with the same velocity. He never took anything off. Hey, I think he almost broke George Farmer's hands that season, throwing passes to him. And that would explain the paucity of completions for the 1972 Chicago Bears. They wound up 4-9-1 and and had the best linebacker in the game playing defense, raising all kinds of hell, stomping all over the field like a wild, rampaging beast. And they had a quarterback who was absolutely, as a thrower, well, I don't need to throw any kind of adjectives toward him. He completed 37.9% of his passes, didn't complete more than 11 in any single game, and had a passer rating of 49.8. How's that possible? Like, George Hallis, whatever was left of his hair must have been on fire as he watched these games, for God's sake. Only a few years after he stopped coaching, no wonder he put Abe Gibbon out there to coach that team. 72 Bears, unlike really any team since the merger, just a hilarious group, at least on paper. At least look at the, at the numbers. It's going to make you laugh. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. We'll talk about the schedule. We'll tell you what the record's going to be. I have an uncanny knack 
for telling you in advance, predicting Kreskin-like what the record for the Indianapolis Colts will be. I'll do it tomorrow morning, Facebook Live, straight up 6 o'clock, and then immediately thereafter on YouTube. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.